If you're able to stand, I want to encourage you to, to stand at the reading of God's Word. Revelation 21, I'm going to walk through the whole passage, but I'm only going to read part of it. Um, to this point in the book of Revelation, we've had a whole lot of hell. And we've, we've been looking at hell a whole bunch. And, and I, I wonder if you're ready for heaven. Because that's what Revelation 21 is gonna, gonna give to us. And what I want you to pay attention to is what is it that's new about heaven? What is it that's new about heaven? Revelation 21 verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable. As for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then follow me down to verse 22. And I saw no temple in the city. For its temple is the Lord God, the almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives its light, gives it light and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it. Nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Beloved, this is the word of God. Amen. You may be seated. Calling this sermon, In with the New. In with the New. I'm just kind of assuming that you've maybe heard that phrase before. Uh... Maybe your lawnmower gets all wore out. And you say, out with the old, in with the new. Uh, Verizon 
and AT&T know uh, we're all about in with the new. All of us just can't wait to hear that we can get an upgrade. You know, whether we're talking about phones or appliances or new jobs or new relationships. I wonder if you've realized that there is actually a problem with the new. And that is that it eventually gets old. I mean, it it wears out so that you need something new. But I also mean that every single thing that we've experienced as new gets old in another sense. It not only wears out. But our interest in everything new wears off. Revelation 20 told us all about the horrors of hell. And I wonder this morning, what thoughts of heaven you brought with you? It's a really good question. Like what comes to your mind? When you think of what heaven is going to be like and whether you even want to be there. Well, when God actually speaks about what we call heaven in Revelation 21. um, It's as if he said out with the old world in with the new that one of the main things that you should be thinking about whenever you think of heaven is that word that just kept being repeated in Revelation 21, which is new. It's new. But it's a different kind of new. The summary of this passage, I'll put in a sentence. God's new world will never get old. That that's one of the main things you should think about when you think about the thing that we call heaven. Which is actually a world, a whole new world. And know this, God's new world will never get old. So this morning, whether you, you've come here and, and you think of yourself as a Christ follower. Or you know yourself not to be. Uh, you, you've probably thought before about what it is that God offers to Christians that is different from this life we're all now living in God's old world. I want to walk through the passage in two sections. And really, they're just two qualities that God is is trying to convince us that his new world will have. Uh, point number one, uh, I summarize that new quality in the word together. Verses one through eight. Together will never get old. Together will never get old. 
I want you to be honest. Think of what is your real answer. Are you ready for God's new world? And, and the way I want you to think about it is I want you to compare your excitement for God's new world with the excitement that you have for the new season of your favorite show. Or the new season of your favorite sports. Are you more excited about those things? Or honestly, you could say you're more excited about God's new world. I mean, I think one struggle that we all have in getting excited about God's new world is just how attached we are to certain things in God's old world. So Rick Astley can help us out. <laughs> I looked at just the right person, Katie Thomas, when I said Rick Astley. <laughs> Maybe none of you know who Rick Astley is, but except for her. Uh, y'all been Rick rolled before? I mean, Rick Astley, another another great hit of Rick Astley's was called Together Forever. Together Forever and Never to Part. Y'all remember these words? Together Forever We Too. And don't you know I would move heaven and earth to be together forever with you. That may be... Uh, the thing about God's old world that makes it hardest to get really excited about God's new world. Because we love certain parts of this life so much. And one thing we think about is the people we want to be with. And so there are people out there, maybe people in here, who could say, I'll get excited about God's new world if and only if I'm guaranteed that the people I love most will be there. Is that what it takes? I mean, I know that I will admit I want my favorite people to make it to God's new world. But friend, I'm here to tell you that when someone asks you if you're ready for God's new world, you should be sure that what you hear from me is, is I'm asking about what the world that he talks about is going to be like. Not the world you're imagining it's going to be like. Not the world you demand for it to be like, for you to be excited. And the first quality that is laid out before us in this passage about God's new world is something that I think Rick Astley would have approved of. Uh, Look in verse 3. What John hears from the throne is the declaration and description from God about what his new world is going to be all about. Behold, The dwelling place of God is with man. God will dwell with his people and they will be his people and God will be their God. He'll be with them and they will be with him. They'll be together 
forever. That is the main thing that these first eight verses are teaching us. What that means is God's new world is about who we're with. But it's not necessarily about being with our blood relatives. It's about being with God and about being with his family. He even talks about a different kind of family in, in chapter 21 and verse 7, where he says this idea again, the one who conquers this world will get this as an inheritance. The one who doesn't love this world, the one who believes in God to the to the very end, I will be his God and he'll actually get to be my son. In with the new. Verses one through eight describe God's new world. By really comparing it to the world we know. You know, verse one, he says it's, it's going to be like the heaven, you know, but it will be new. It will be like the first earth, this earth that you know about, but it's going to be new. And, and what specifically is going to be new about God's new world is described with these, the, this phrase, no more. It will be like the, the earth you're thinking about, but no more of these things. God's saying out with. These things in, in verses one through eight that. That if I were to summarize what they have to do with one another, it, it, it's all these things that separate us from God. Out with those things. Verse one, out with the seed. Out with. The sea, some of you right now are thinking, no, hold up. No Cancun. No Destin. And I just remind you that throughout the book of Revelation, we've been given these familiar images. But they mean more than they normally do. And the sea is the same way. Listen, if you read the book of Revelation, if you read the book or chapter 21 of the book of Revelation and and think that those words mean whatever comes to your mind when you read those words, you're going to miss a lot of what this means. He is saying out with the sea. And he expects us to think about what how he thinks of the sea, not how you think of the sea in your family vacations. What he thinks of is that the sea is where the devil lives. In Revelation 12 and 13, the devil was standing over the sea and he raised his beast out of the sea. And what God is saying is, out with the devil, out with all of his dangers, so that, why? We can be together forever. It won't be this other power out there that pulls you away from me. Verse four, he says, out with the sadness. That sin brought into this world. Adam and Eve lived, friends, they really lived. There was no crying, no mourning, no pain. There was nothing to bring those things and there was no death. They lived with God and then they sinned. And that sin separated them. And that's 
that that separation is where all of our sadness really comes from. Being separated from God by our sin brought all these other things, death, mourning, crying, pain. And in verse 4, God wipes away every tear. And what he's saying is out with the sin that separated us from God. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for God's new world? Well, know this. Verse 8 also says, out with the insubordinate. Out with everyone, everyone who will not submit to God. Everyone who lives like they're their own God. Everyone who doesn't trust God. Everyone who's come up with their own definition of what's good and what you should live for. Out with all of them. God's new world is not for everyone. It's not for the cowardly. It's not for people who will not stand for God because they love the people of this world so much. Out with the faithless. God's new world is not for the people who don't really believe him. Don't believe that he knows best. Don't believe that he is right about everything. Out with them. And out with the detestable. That is anyone who lives a life That is really characterized by the things that God hates, detests. Perhaps the rest of the list is, are examples of this. Out with those who, whose approach to sex is outside of a committed marriage. They won't be in God's new world. Out with sorcerers. That is anyone who seeks a supernatural power but refuses to go to God. Out with all idolaters, any, any, anyone who's, who treats anything like it, it, is, it is worthy of, of worship except for God. And out with all liars. All the insubordinates go into God's hell. Because they, they they will not belong in this new world where God is the center. Because they lived lives that denied God is the center. When I first became a Christian. I saw this bumper sticker. And. It offended me, shocked me, because, you know, as a new Christian, I had all these new sensitivities to the glory of God and the sinfulness of people. And the the bumper sticker, you, you might think it was funny. I understand why people think it's funny. But the bumper sticker said, why would I want to go to heaven when all my friends will be in hell?
I want to say something to the kids here and the teens here. I was 21 years old when I first saw that bumper sticker, and I had lived a life of rebellion before becoming a Christian. I lived my life for what was fun. And I surrounded myself with people who made me laugh. And I, I want to encourage you to be wise. Be careful who you pick as friends. The people who you spend the most time with. Don't just look for people who are fun. Don't just look for people who are funny. Look for something more than that. Because what is fun to the world is in verse 8. It is a lifestyle that leads to hell. And God says, rebellion is getting old. It's going to die and it is never going to come back. Here's the thing that about that bumper sticker. I think this, this part is true. Not everyone is actually going to want to be in heaven. I don't know if that, that's a thought that you've had as you came in here with thoughts about heaven. Not everyone is actually going to want to be there. Because not everyone wants God to be the center of everything. But listen, let me tell you something else. And this is where the bumper sticker got it wrong. No one is going to want to be in hell. Doesn't matter who's there with you. Hell is a burning in fire that you cannot get out of. It is a living Torment forever and ever. And, and yet, here is another thing from that bumper sticker I've thought about is, is what is most important about where you spend eternity. What is most important about that is who is there. It is who is there. And my prayer is that all my kids are there. And, and, and I'm praying... And I'm working right now, right now, so that all of you would be there. But the person who makes God's new world a place that will never get old is God himself. And that's why it, 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 it describes uh, the new heavens and the new earth this way. In verse 2, the holy city is coming down out of heaven from God. Notice, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This, this holy city is the people of God who are now prepared the way that a bride would prepare for her, for her favorite day where she gets all adorned and dolled up for the one that she longs to be with forever. That will be us. We will be presented to God that way. And then we're going to hear this sound that we've longed to hear more than anything. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Finally, there's nothing more that separates us from him. Finally, we get to be with him forever and ever. 
And that's why it describes in verse 6, God says in verse 6, it is done. This is the goal that I'm working toward. This is the whole reason why the old world was made. I am the beginning, the alpha, and the end, the omega. And to the thirsty, I will give them the spring of the water of life without payment. And I will be his God and he will be my son. If you want to know that you're going to be in God's new world, it's not because some preacher one day told you that because you did that thing, you're going to be there. It's not because some parent knelt at your bed and and led you to say something. That's not the sign, ultimately, that you're going to be in God's new world. The sign that you're going to be in God's new world is that this idea of together with God forever, that's the kind of idea that would never get old to you. That would never be something that you would want to move on past. That would never have... That, that, that doesn't bore you in any kind of way. A sign that you actually are going to this new world. Is that in your heart, you, you understand what the psalmist is saying when he says, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. I can get cancer. And I can get discouraged. And my life may be ruined, but I'm not living for this world. You are the portion of my heart. You are the one I want forever. You are the one who gives me strength. You are the one I want to be with. In with the new. In with the new. I wonder if that is what your heart would say right now. That you want everything out of here that would separate you from God. In with the new. Could you say, I really want to be with this one who, look how good he is. He's going to conquer the one who would keep me from him. And he's going to keep away all the people who would tempt me and draw me away from him. And he's going to remove everything that is sad from this world. That's who I want to be with. In with the new. And be amazed. He actually wants his people. That kind of God is declaring, I'm going to dwell with my people. They will be my people. I will be their God. I have no shame in them. Do you see that kind of God as good who actually makes us good enough to be with him? What makes God's new world so good to the ones who will be there is that is where we finally get God for good. So when you think of heaven or the thing we call heaven, one thing to think about is God is going to remove all the bad things here that would separate us from him. But the second thing we learn from this passage about God's new world is that he's going to replace all the good things that were really just substitutes for him. That's verses 9 through 27. Better will never get old. 
Point number two, better will never get old. The rest of chapter 21 walks through these blessings that, like all the best things that God has given to this world. And he says, out with them. They were only substitutes. And in with the better. In with what's better. Verses 9 through 21, we have this long paragraph, two paragraphs, where, where God is, is making this one point, out with the old imperfect city. Listen to what he says in verse 9. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. It's radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as Crystal. It's a city. Jerusalem. Was. And in this old world that God made. The only holy city that belonged to God. Well, now God's whole new world is like that city, but it's better in four ways. Number one, it has better protection. Verse 12 says there's this great high wall. There's these 12 gates. If, if I were to put that in today's vernacular, it would be all the gates. It has all the gates. Because 12 gates means the, the fullness uh, of God in, 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 in Scripture. So better will never get old because we will always be glad that there's no way for any enemy to get in. It has better protection, but it also has a better population. In verse 12, it says that the names of the 12 tribes of Israel are on that city. Verse 14 says the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb are on that city. In other words, it's saying everyone from any nation who believes what the apostles said about the Lamb, everyone who can, who believes that can actually get there. It has a better population. But it also has better proportions in verses 15 through 18. Look, look at all those measurements there. And what you'll notice is they're all perfect. They're perfect squares. They're multiples again of that perfect number 12. It has better protection. It has better, better population. It has better proportions, but it also is made of better properties. Verses 19 through 21. This is a city built. A whole new world built of gold, emerald, sapphire, pearls. That, that is just to describe for you the best you can think of in this world. It's going to be better than that. But then in verse 22, he says, not, not, not just out with what was less good, the best in this world, but in that city, but out with the old temple, that temporary Temple. That was that building, you remember, that was in the, 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 the best city on earth. And it was the best spot in the best city. In the temple, remember, that represented God's presence. But remember, there was only one person, one day of the year, who could temporarily go into God's presence. And God's presence was represented by a box there. Just the Ark of the Covenants. Well, look at what it says in verse 22. I saw no temple in this city, for its temple is the Lord God. The Almighty and the Lamb. 
What is better than having a building and a box? It's having what all those things were just substitutes for. Not just the Almighty God, but now, instead of the temple that had all those, all that blood from all those sacrifices, now our Lamb is actually there. No longer dead. He's there with us. But then he also is trying to encourage us that it's going to be better than any, anything you've ever experienced by saying in verses 23 through 27, out with the sun and the moon. The days are long here in Texas during the summer. I know that because I have five small kids. <laughs> what I mean is, like, they're up really early and they're really eager. And they're up really late because it's still light outside. And so they, 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 they see the light and they, it's this promise of life, you know? It's this promise of a, a fuller life. We, we, can, we can go out and play more. We don't have to have the regular bedtime. We can read longer together. And I do think that, that, that these Long days of sunlight. If you'll let it, it, it can point you to what is better. And that is a new world. Or, or sitting under a sky full of bright stars or, or walking in the light of a full moon. If you'll let those things, they can, they can point you to the substance of what these things are just substitutes of. All of the, the best in this world is to make us long for a place where the light never goes out, where the life is full. Look again in verse 23. The city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light. And its lamp or light is the lamb. What will God's new world be like? Well, God's glory will be there. His beauty will be there. His power, his kindness, his love are going to be shining so brightly that it's actually going to be like a magnet. It says in verses 24 and following, it's that that. The whole world is going to be drawn to, to coming and knowing and being with God. Verse 25, there, the fact that there's no need for sun and yet there's going to be bright light and there, there will also be no night. And there will be no need for the gates to be shut. That is, imagine a world where there's no need at all for locks. Locks are an old world thing, a this world thing. Because danger is here and thieves are here. But also, verse 27, the unclean are here. And people are here who are detestable and false, but they won't be there. Each one of these I want you to let this set in. Each, when God talks about heaven, each one of these descriptions that it will, 
will be together with God in a way that never gets old. We will experience what is better than anything in this world and it will never get old. Whenever he describes it that way, he always finishes with saying, and there are some who aren't going to be there. And that's part of what's so good about God's new world is that nothing unclean will ever be in it. And no one who is detestable or false and the only ones who get there are not the people who weren't detestable or who were clean on their own, but those who have been made clean by the Lamb. Those who were detestable, but now are lovely by the Lamb. I want, I want to believe this. I do believe it. I want help believing this. I want you to believe this. The best things in this world, the best things in your life, the things you're most looking forward to, the things you love the most, they are only shadows. They are only substitutes. God is the real deal. No sun because God is there. No temple because God is there. He is the substance. And the only way there, like we saw last week, is if your name is in the Lamb's book of life. I wonder if you have let Jesus And what he offers to you really set in. Well, what good is being forgiven? What, what is it that all the blood of the Son of God won for us? You need to know it's, it, it is far more than just not feeling guilty. And it's even more than not going to hell. To get the old world out. To get separation from God out. The Son of God had to come in. He had to put on flesh and come into this world. But he couldn't just live in this world. He had to die. He was a lamb. Who has blood that is meant to be shed so that the unclean might become what they were not. Which is clean. Jesus had to enter into this old world and take the penalty of this old world. But beloved, he also had to come out the other side as well. And that's what he did. So that when... God speaks about what happened when Jesus was raised from the dead. He's saying in with the new. It's the new creation. It's this new world breaking into this old world. It's the promise of a new life forever with God in his resurrection. I wonder if there's anyone here. Who realizes maybe for the first time. That this old world is getting really old. Is anyone here tired of it? 
Is anyone here maybe for the first time saying, I want a new world and I want to be there. I want to be part of a world that never gets old. Is there anyone here who wants that and also realizes that if that place exists, you should not be there? Friends, God's new world will never get old. And God's new world was made possible by God's son's work. What I mean is Jesus's death and resurrection can make you new as well. You can be clean. And you can belong to God. Do you want that? What I'm saying is, do you want God? God's Son can bring you to Him. Will you turn from your sins and trust in Him? Well, they say everybody wants to go to heaven. But nobody wants to die. I wonder how does God's new world sound to you? Does being together forever with God sound like it will never get old to you? Does God's new world sound better than the best that this life has ever given you? What I'm saying is, can you, with God's help, say from your heart, end with the new. Oh God, we pray that you would take this word and you would make us those who believe it and love it. That you would bring us to yourself through the blood of your lamb. And that you would you would start to make us more and more excited about a new world and less and less attached to this one. God, make our deepest longing to be with you and then give us our longing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.